But if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book. And I'll bring you something horrible. Birthday Christmas, Lewis Jackson gave to me a film about Santa going fucking nuts. This is Christmas Evil, also known as Better Watch Out, and this is our Won't Stay Dead Festive Podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening um, recently to your uh, Black Christmas podcast, um, which was last year's Christmas special, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we recorded that. But mm, yeah, I was remembered it fondly. I actually. Uh, <clears throat> I think I watched Christmas Evil for the first time just after recording, or yeah, maybe, yeah, just after that went out, and I actually totally forgot that I'd ever watched it, so I was uh, <laughs> totally surprised. I started watching it, and it was all really familiar. That's pretty yeah. uh, pretty standard, uh, Crazy P, though, isn't it, to kind of forget that you've seen a film? I know, I, I always, like, I always watch films, like, really, really late at night, and, like, start watching them really half-assed, and then, like... I'll either get into them or not, and then just forget. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually the kind of stuff I watch when I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say I always get the impression you watch a ton of stuff when you're like out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just Quite forget. I... Quite a lot of your um, your kind of anecdotes. So I first saw this film. It usually begins with something like uh, I saw. I I came home from the pub and I was drunk. I stuck this on and I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think maybe I have a. Like film watching problem uh, <laughs> gets in the way of my drinking. But anyway, we uh, we digress. Um, yeah, welcome to Once They Dead. Uh, um, across the Irish Sea is Mr. Paul Doran. Hello, and Mr. Very David Hanna. Ho ho ho! Yay! That's that's probably the the most festive thing we'll get get from D all night. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is our second uh, Christmas special. And uh, yeah, it's Christmas Evil, uh, as we've said, better known as You Better Watch Out, starring uh, Brandon Maggart, directed by Lewis Jackson. Uh, it's a classic uh, kind of indie, early 80s exploitation, 42nd Street type film. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully you guys liked it. I think I, think I already know that uh, Crazy P rather enjoyed it anyway, but we'll, but we'll, see, what, uh, we'll see what Dee thought. But I'm um, sure, we'll, sure we'll do the beers. Dee, you go first. Uh, okay, uh, I went for some really obvious stuff because it's what they had in the off license. Cool. So I got—I don't know if you can see this. I got this Brewdog Santa Pod. Hey, Santa Pod is lovely. Yeah, <coughs> like a, it's like a Scotch ale. Cool. Uh, I couldn't really see any. I was sort of pressed for time a bit, so I got a Sarah Nevada Porter because it just always reminds me of Christmas, mm. like any sort of stouts and porter. Yeah, thing. yeah. And then the last one was this. Uh, Anchor Brewing, like uh, yeah, it's like I a special one they do between November and December. Why? What's what's the uh, Anchor Brewing? Uh, it's just Happy called the Special Ale. Special. Yeah, cool. Trying, like yeah, our Special Ale in quotation marks. And they do it from they do it up until mid January, from November to mid January. 
Well, it's got a tree on the front. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Crazy P, what about you? What did you bring? It's a an, a winter stout, a Christmas stout, an ad, I think it's Adams winter okay. stout, which is uh, is pretty good. And uh, I'm also just in a stout mood and didn't really have time to do a proper booze run. Uh, so I'm on Guinness uh, original, that double X stuff. I was drinking that tonight. I, was like, I really actually like it from a tin, but I'm drinking it from a bottle tonight. Um, uh, because, uh, yeah, D, uh, same as you, um, Christmas and stout are just... You know, they just go together. And also because I had it. Um, well, actually not because I had it. I actually um, left uh, Blonde. Really, Oof. always really reminds me of uh, being like Christmassy, but in like in like Brussels. Um, because I like, went to Brussels a few times a few years ago and always in and around Christmas. And it a great beer to drink while turning around Brussels eating waffles at like three in the morning. And, <laughs> Slipping ice and stuff. Also, uh, Brussels sprouts. And uh, Brussels sprouts. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like uh, those those kind of like Bel- Belgian yeasty wheat beers are really um, they really like kind of remind you of Christmas because they're they're kind of, they're kind of like spicy and caramelly and sweet. Yeah, and sweet yeah, probably, yeah, totally. Um, I've I, yeah, I, I've done quite well. I've kind of gone like D. Um, I got um, it's a, a ruby Christmas ale from the Black Sheep Brewery called Blitzen. Yeah, cool. Which is obviously yeah. one of um, Santa's reindeer, and who's, who's mentioned in uh, "You Better Watch Out" or "Christmas Evil," and uh, a, a, a Witchwood Brewery ale. Uh, I think it's another red ale, and it's called Bah Humbug. Witchwood are the guys who make um, Hobgoblin. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of theirs. It's called Bah Humbug, which is obviously what Ebenezer Scrooge says. Yeah. Um, and my third choice is a Bateman's um, ale, and it's called Rosy Nosy, with a picture of uh, Santa and the snowman. And Santa's got a big red red nose, obviously, because he's probably been drinking too much uh, English ale. Lovely. <laughs> so Gosh. yeah, I guess we'll um, get the get the Christmas cheer in the go, and come back and talk about Christmas Evil after this. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. Mm-hmm. Hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Evil, or you better watch out, 1980, as we've said. Uh, director Lewis Jackson, um, haven't seen anything else he's done, but uh, I suppose if anyone hasn't seen it, it's, I think it's quite a complex film, because like our, our other choice was Silent Night, Deadly Night, and as I said to the lads, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night's kind of like a trashy um, slasher film, really, that came out about the, around about the same time as Nightmare on Elm Street. 
um, and was uh, removed from cinemas kind of around uh, the USA. This is Silent Night, Deadly Night I'm talking about, by the way. Um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's kind of quite violent, just kind of a bog-standard slasher film. But with, with Christmas Evil, there's, there's kind of something else to it. And it's not it's not completely 100% horror a lot of the time. And it's, a, it's also yeah. one of those horror films where sometimes you kind of find yourself rooting for the, the, the anti-hero, I guess, and kind of... Um, liking what he's doing because a lot of the time he does you know give presents to kids and things like that he's kind of seems to have a nice heart but then there's this darker side to him but yeah just just off the bat uh crazy p what did you think of uh, christmas evil i liked it i think i i sort of appreciated it more than i enjoyed it because it sort of well crafted it wasn't like it didn't just go for like big blase set pieces where uh, a guy goes crazy and kills a lot of people it's like a kind of gradual descent into madness and like there are certain scenes where he like he does things that don't really go anywhere but they sort of like illustrate the sort of the strange path he's he's on you know like trying to get down a chimney <laughs> realizes it's too fat to get down a chimney and it doesn't work and he just like gives up and goes somewhere else and it's not really like it's not a big thing but it works quite well in like kind of shaping the character and stuff like that and uh, sort of giving direction to his, his sort of descent into madness. I did like it. I think it's quite good. But I probably didn't really totally, like, enjoy it the way I think I might have done if I had, like, maybe if I had been watching it in, like, a different mood or something. But uh, maybe just didn't get totally into it. I think I maybe fell asleep before the end last time because it was, it was like, late Christmas night when I watched it before. Uh, Dee, what did you think? Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was good fun, uh, but in parts anyway. Um, there was definitely sort of uh, ups and downs to it. I thought, um, like parts that can kind of feel like it's dragging a bit, um, but yeah, you know, other parts it, it does get like really, uh, it becomes really good fun, um, a bit surreal at times as well. I think more maybe more so towards the end, but also at the start as well. There's a few sort of uh, quite surreal moments. But yeah, no. Overall, I thought it was good fun. Um, yeah, kind of funny as well. <laughs> like even like we we cuts. Like um, I was thinking, you know, at the start where um, Harry's like spying on kids, yeah. With binoculars, yeah. 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 Like because you're kind of like, what the? This guy's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's not an uh, like a, a good betrayal of his intentions at the start. I think it sort of like maybe builds up that he might be some weird pedophile or something. As the course of the film goes on, you find out there's something else. Yeah, definitely the first time I saw it. Um, well, I, I suppose I may as well kind of describe how I got into the film. It's just basically because uh, a few years ago, Arrow Arrow had put out quite a few, or maybe it was just the two, but it seemed like quite a few at the time, uh, of the kind of Christmas uh, horror films. And uh, yeah, I, I got them both. It was Silent Night, Deadly Night and Christmas Evil, uh, both, both released on Arrow. I had just kind of seen... Uh, Black Christmas, maybe the a year or two before, and obviously that's as I've said said in the Black Christmas podcast. That's my favorite film of all time, probably. Um, and then, yeah, Christmas Evil. I, I just thought it was there was it was something kind of different. What was actually the point? The point it was going to come around to again? Just when you watched it the first time, yeah. how you got into it? No, but then there was there was a, there was a reason I was saying that. I can't remember now. I've lost my train of thought. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I just kind of thought it was something different and. Um, I really, really like his kind of descent into madness because I, th- I think it shows. Um, like, I think it's really subtly done, and I think he's obviously a really, really talented actor. I think because a lot of the time, you know, when he's kind of staring, staring at himself in the mirror, 
and you know, you kind of, you know, he's one minute he's kind of smiling and dancing, and the next minute he's like, you know, kind of sternly pointing at his own reflection. Or there's a bit, yeah. there's a bit where I think he's be outside the office party and he's getting his jacket from his locker or something, and he's got the mirror in his locker, and he's yeah. and he's smiling and he puts his hand over his eyes and then he runs his hand down his face, and as his hand reveals reveals his face again as it slides down his face, um, he's no longer smiling. He's like got a really mm. stern expression. He's managed to do that all, like change that expression while yeah. while he's doing that with that that kind of sh- shielding his um, face with his hand. And I just think um, I think it's a really really powerful powerful performance. And we've kind of said this a few times. I think it's I think it is a lot like uh, Don't Go in the House in that it's kind of yeah definitely one person's descent into madness, and as a result of that, the the film really rests on his shoulders. And I think like I do think he pulls it off. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, th- I think like uh, probably it's more a product of its time than like most other horror movies are. I mean, like it seems to be like influenced maybe a lot by like Son of Sam, which had like been was maybe still going on then, or maybe it was just just past. Uh, Don't know. Uh, um, I think it might have been like maybe seventy eight, maybe seventy seven Son of Sam. Yeah, it's also actually like there are bits where he's looking more reminded me of uh, Taxi Driver. And, hmm. uh, <clears throat> It didn't seem really like a horror movie. The, sort of two, just two incidents of murder. Really, I think uh, there were yeah. three three murders at, at once, so, and then yeah. uh, one more incident of murder. But they they were kind of ridiculous. Almost, it almost didn't need them, you know. Yeah, uh, completely. You know, the guys the guys that were uh, he killed at first were like kind of comical bullies, like kind of yeah. like hoity toity. Uh, like Hamptons bullies that uh, yeah, you know, so, so you're kind of rooting for them anyway. Um, almost like those. Frank. So, sorry to interrupt, but just like all, almost like those um, asshole um, aristocratic characters in Hammer films. Whenever the uh, like the the protagonist is a working class northerner the, in yeah. a Hammer film, then you'll have the kind of uh, aristocratic. I say, young chap, how dare you talk to me <laughs> like that? Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, Frankenstein? <laughs> Frankenstein created a woman, isn't that it? Uh, yeah. We seen that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly um, what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's actually that brought that to mind because I watched it a couple of weeks ago as well. There's yeah, um, also a bit like maybe Mary Quimby's friends in The Simpsons or his nephew. Chowder. Yeah, and also like, like uh, the friends in trading places as well. So um, and actually, there were a couple of things that reminded me of trading places. I think maybe the fact that he was like. Dress as Santa and then bedraggled was maybe mm. one of the trading places. Things. I think there's pretty nice trading places. Mm. Uh, I, I got a weird vibe of uh, the nostril picker for some reason. Um, have you guys seen it? Ah, no, that, no, no that, that's a film. You've, like no. That's a film you've, you've always gone on about, um, and I, I've still never seen it. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't want to build it up or anything, but I, I kind of got like vibes. It's kind of a similar guy. Kind of goes a bit mad, but like he might already be mad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also you know, like Driller Killer or like any other kind mm. of you yeah. know, kind of low budget American film from that era that depicts relatively violently some a one man's descent into madness. Um, mm. But I I remembered what I, I remembered the reason I was uh, talking about when I first saw the film and it was because when I did first see the film, um, I, I think you're picking your nose. <laughs> I think I <laughs> I think I'd only really just scanned the, the the back of the box and I just stuck it in, so I don't think I'd really kind of. Knew what knew what the plot was going to be, and um, whenever he's fairly um, early on in the film, he when he's spying on the, on the kids, um, like I actually felt this like kind of like 
like my heart rate almost go up slightly. I was a bit like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what? Why? Why is he looking at kids? This is is this going to be? Is this going to be a really horrendous film?" And then, he, and then, you, but then, once you find out what he's doing, I mean, it's it's still not right, and it's still unbelievably creepy. But he mm. doesn't he doesn't really have any ill intentions. He's he's kind of looking to see whether or not the kids are behaving, and that's it. He's not like he's not like you know perving over them or anything like that. He does he does though have ill intentions in it, like uh, to. To Moss Garcia, for example, who he he sort of scares the shit out of, or he tries to scare, or he does scare the shit out of him, yeah. and he leaves that weird like dirt impression on his wall of like a face <laughs> or like a mouth and hand, which is yeah. it's actually is is a really really cool creepy thing. Uh, I haven't really seen that in the movie before. But yeah, or, sort of, like, I think know. before that, it kind of gives away though um, some of his intentions very subtly. Um, like the bed, it's very early on where he sits down in a room it's in his own house and he grabs like a toy and starts like uh, humming I can't remember what the tune is uh, aggressively like more, more, it's, more it's, aggressive yeah. it's uh, you better watch out it's like you know and then he get he gets very angry while he's doing it and ends yeah. up crushing the, the toy because uh, Frank has um, yeah oh, that's after that actually yeah. tricked him yeah that weird impression he leaves on on Garcia's wall, it, it only occurred to me afterwards. Is it meant to look like a reindeer? It's like two hands and a mouth, but it looks almost like a, a reindeer's nose, maybe. Yeah, I've I've never kind of known what to make of that because it happens so slowly. Like one minute he's he's like peeking through the kid's window, which in the context of this film you kind of go, okay, right, okay, so yeah, so the creepy guy is looking at the the bad boy through the window, right? Okay, fair enough. And then you start seeing him like rub something on his face, and you're kind of going, right, is he camouflaging mm. himself so he can yeah. go around the back of the house and not be seen? And then you go, oh no, he's going to just press his hands on his face against the uh, <laughs> the white wall of the house, and then like look at it with a big smug grin on his face, as if to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was I was kind of I, I was kind of wondering, is that just his way of saying someone has been here? You know, like you yeah, I think well, that's what I took it as at first, uh, but then I started to wonder was it meant to look like reindeer? But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe just uh, marking him as a a bad, badly yeah. behaved child who yeah. has bare body odor or something. Yeah. Yeah, bad breath. Yeah. <laughs> or, or else, yeah, like, God. like, like if if that was his his kind of way of saying, you know, yeah, someone's here, some you're, someone's watching what you're doing, basically. Um, <laughs> the, the whole um, reason behind his madness is a bit weird as well, though. Yeah, yeah. The flashbacks to his parents. Yeah, well, I assume one of them is his parent, uh, but the the one dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, I think that's supposed to be his dad. I think it? it's his dad. And yeah, I think his brother does say it's his dad. He goes and cuts himself with the wee snow globe. Maybe, maybe the way the film was described, it sort of like gave it a, a unfair sort of angle, but it sort of implies that. Like that is what drove him to madness, but I suppose people who do kind of go mad for or like suffer from serious like uh, psychotic um, neuroses or whatever, they possibly have a tendency to sometimes like latch on to like certain things in their childhood or certain like things, and it's it's not it's not like cause and effect. It's just like a it's like a, a sort of retroactive sort of like grasping for cause when. In fact, because is is not, but I I don't know. I'm no psychologist, obviously. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that I sort of maybe thought maybe that's that's it. But the the blurb of the film sort of tells you like he had a bad Christmas and that <laughs> that set him up. <laughs> but um, 
mean, it doesn't really feel like what he actually sees really warrants that. It's kind of just like the biggest thing about what he sees is he he learns at a very early age that Santa Claus isn't real. Um, yeah, and then he sees his like mum fondling, or sorry, his dad fondling his mum and kissing her, um, things like that. But I don't know. It's like I think yeah. that was more than a, a fondle, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you're naive now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like as as you say, obviously, like that that by itself is not really going to be enough to um, cause someone to do what 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 Harry ends up doing. But uh, yeah. he he does um, towards the end, isn't it? Isn't his brother called Phil? Towards the end, he says to Phil. Um, like I can play my own tune now. I remember that one. Like I like I know yeah. how to play my tune yeah. now. He says that to someone in the office as well, and that's really. Did uh, I miss something? Did that didn't have a reference in the the beginning? Did it? I no. It started about the middle, but no, I I thought I missed it as well. But I couldn't think of any yeah. time that. I think it's nothing just, in it's his when he was a kid. Saying. I don't think so. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. In fact, uh, well, I've got a clip of um, uh, Harry talking about uh, playing the tune to uh, Phil, his brother. So. <laughs> Sure, we'll have a listen to that. Cool. You always worry about me, don't you, Phil? I waited all day to hear from you. I'm sick to my stomach. But, Phil, you should be proud of me. Why? I did what you've always wanted me to do. I finally found the right notes. I can play the tune now. What tune? The tune everybody dances to. Even you, Phil. It's my version. But it works. <laughs> Harry, I'm sorry. Don't want to tell me where you are, don't tell me. But when you do come over here, we're going to have this out once and for all. You see, the difference between us was I always remembered everything. What What don't I remember? Just tell me what... No, no, you're not going to... Make me feel guilty no more. No, Phil. I read a poem once that said, Every day you shave, you see yourself one day closer to dying. What are you saying? I'm going to play my tune now. Everybody will dance, you'll see. You don't have to worry anymore. What goddamn tune, Harry? Harry? You might recognize him in the actor that played Phil. Yeah, I did, yeah. 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 <laughs> did you clock him straight away? No, obviously, like, I saw the film three or four years ago for the first time, and then subsequently kind of... Yeah, so, yeah, so, well, he's he's Dale from The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. Anyone who's seen The Walking Dead, the first two seasons, I think he's the old, okay. uh, the, old yeah. the old beardy guy with the with the camper van. Yeah, he's like the moral character that the got rid of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the moral compass. Jesus Christ, he's fucking everything. Yeah. Jeffrey Demon or something. Um, and I think I'm not sure, but I think I saw this before I saw The Walking Dead, or maybe around about the same time. I think I think maybe like subconsciously. Um, you know the way your brain does that. I think subconsciously I had made the connection, but not at all consciously. And then whenever someone, whenever I learned that, I was like, "Oh, that sounds really familiar." I think it's just I had somehow known anyway because he's got such a distinctive face. And I think when I watched Christmas Evil for the, you know, for the first time or whichever The Walking Dead for the first time, I think I yeah. did kind of recognize. You're like, "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's actually he seems to be mostly. Famous for uh, was Walking Dead, but also just like Stephen King adaptation, Shawshank, Green Mile, The Mist. They're his like top three in IMDb anyway. And um, did you recognize uh, Moss Garcia's mum? <laughs> no, didn't at the time. I only subsequently found out after. Fucking Jill from Home Improvement. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Where is she? 
Yeah. Although Holy shit, so it is. Now I I I didn't recognize that. <laughs> I I read that somewhere online. But having said that, looking up her name's P- Patricia Richardson. Looking up her IMDb, she doesn't look like the way I remember. Um, the mum in no, improvement looking. No, doesn't actually. Same here. Well, I think in yeah. my head I remembered her as the mum from Mrs. Doubtfire. I think in my head I remember her as the mum from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just yeah. that sort of vague American yeah. mother. <laughs> yeah, mom, as they would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's another actor in it I recognised. Um, I've looked up his name. He's called Mark uh, Magolis. But uh, he... Have you guys seen Breaking Bad? Uh, like the first three yeah. episodes? I've, oh, I, okay. I, I actually I, I didn't make it to the end yet. I'm still doing that. But... Uh, he plays yes. an old man in Breaking Bad anyway in a wheelchair. Right. He can, uh, can only yeah. contact, or sorry, speak to people via bell. Yeah, I do recognise him. Hmm. Who the hell does he play? Man 2. <laughs> right. yeah, man number 2. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, what do you call your woman uh, again, uh, Ian, sorry, who plays uh, the um, weekend's mum? I think it was uh, Patricia Richardson. I've just clicked off her page and already yeah. forgotten her name, but yeah, I think it's Patricia yeah, Richardson. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah, yeah. According to IMDb, Glenn Close uh, auditioned for that role. Right. But that's it, weird. I don't know. It, it sounds like bollocks in my head because she would have been bigger. Even at that stage, she would have been big, wouldn't she? I'm not sure. Yeah, Maybe I'm not, not sure. I don't know. Uh, IMDb says Kathleen Turner was turned down for the role as Harry's sister-in-law. What about your guy's fucking um, toy-making you know, a setup he's got because, like, the whole way through the film, it ke- it keeps revealing more and more just how invested Harry is in being Santa Claus. So yeah, it, it kind of starts off with him waking up in like really cheap Santa Claus based uh, uh, pajamas. Um, yeah, and it just he's kind of you know always got his uh, his shaving foam on, and that, and that makes him look like a, that, that looks like a beard. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Um, but then you find out that he's actually going to sew and like make his own Santa suit, you know, with actual fur and like cut it all up and like measure it and yeah. do it from. And then you find out that like um, he actually makes the fucking toys that he gives to the kids. So he's actually got his own yeah. like way of like sure. casting, like a a, a steel um, or not maybe not steel, but you know he's like a casting like a like a, a toy soldier and like actually making yeah. the dolls and stuff. It's fucking crazy. He's really invested. Yeah. In yeah. yeah, totally. But they're all a bit uh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd be a bit disappointed yeah. if I woke up with like a nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like whenever oh, yeah. he's going through the yeah. list and he's kind of going, "Oh, you know, Bong machine. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Smith is getting the the you know the 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 whatever," and he's going, "Oh, the uh, the doll with the black dress." Oh, when she's getting the the doll with the brown hair, and it's like, it's like these are shit presents, mate. Like this is the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Kids want fucking you know. <laughs> Something a bit better than like a, a shit toy soldier. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, he, yeah. he does. He has like at the very beginning though, when he's like talking to uh, the sort of the blue collar guys in the, the factory. He, I think he's going on about like the sort of the wholesomeness of toys nowadays and stuff. And he, yeah. he has a philosophy about toys that he basically just lost touch with the kids, and that is why he's not the real Santa. <laughs> <laughs> He's been spying on them enough, you think? it no, like... Yeah. The one thing I can't work out is... Um, is is this the first year that he's done this? Yeah, I mean, because the kids all seem to love him, but... But he... Is, was that just because he's Santa? Or they see him as a Santa? Because he does have... 
other other years in his library of uh, books of yeah, does, bad girls yeah. and boys and good girls and boys. Um, mm. But I don't know if that's just pe- he, he's been collecting them for like you know a few years, and tonight's the night he's finally going to be Santa Claus because surely he like, does make a suit. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the um, like the uh, Christmas that we see is utterly fucking catastrophic. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not good at being Santa. Either, he's probably. No. I'd say this is probably the first time he's done it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the bit whenever the fucking the mob. It's actually the Simpsons, like when the mob are going after them, and they yeah, actually totally. light oh, the torches. They actually light yeah. torches. They may as well be bringing fucking garden forks with them. Because yeah, you you see them like like running away. The torches get further away, and then they sort of like become stationary, and then they like start coming at you, and you're not sure if they're coming at you or not, and then you're like, oh shit, and then all the faces are just like dashing through the dark. It's class. Yeah, I read it. Um, I was reading a review online. But I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, they were like in love with the cinematography. But I wasn't like that impressed. But I thought some parts were good. But the the part they pointed out in particular was the bit leading up to the the mob, uh, kind of you know where he goes down this sort of lane, and you've got all the light up reindeers yeah. on the side yeah. of the road, and it oh, just yeah, does yeah. kind of look amazing. Yeah, and I think they tried to say it was like similar to. Like a, a Spielberg film, almost like a sci-fi Spielberg setup. Uh, I can sort of like see sort of, that maybe. kind of ethereal yeah. in a way. But... Uh, yeah, you can see what they mean, but man, yeah. so you think I, it's a I bit think, of a step? Yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah, it's, too much no, that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like. Yeah, I wouldn't totally discredit that. Though. But I think maybe I only think so because you've just said it. Uh, yeah, I mean that that like the the mob thing was like another thing that actually yeah really reminded me of Hammer as well. There were a few sort of Hammer ish kind of things in it, and uh, the pacing as well is kind of Hammerish. You know? I it's really, kind of weird pacing. I think yeah. it it really does motor along quite quickly, and I think it's maybe because I've seen it. I think maybe now I've seen it like five times, and um, because you kind of know the plot really well you can kind of gauge the pacing a bit better i i think so for example there's a point at which <clears throat> i think he's in the um you think i think he's in the office talking to phil and going oh i can play my tune now the, the, the clip we've just heard hmm. and i remember looking at the the, the um, clock on my dvd player and thinking whoa there's only like 15 minutes to go and like all this other shit's still got to happen i can't have i am i mixing this up with another, another film or something like that um, but no, like it just like it really does motor on so much that within like the last fifteen minutes, so much stuff happens. Yeah, totally. um, and I think like fairly early on, I mean, like we kind of see him getting up, and then we already see he's a bit mental and he loves Christmas, and then it just from there, I think it just kind of it motors on ahead. We get a bit of exposition, show show his place of work, kind of get bit, get to know his character in terms of like Christmas and actually caring about the the kids, and then the uh, the, the awful. Um, Factory uh, managers who don't give a shit, uh, you know, only care about profits. Those kind of um, capitalist cliches. Um, I think it does kind of motor on quite quickly, and I, and I don't think it's kind of. I don't really think there's a problem with the pacing, but may, maybe it's maybe it's slightly up and down. Maybe maybe it does drag a bit. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think it's a problem with the pacing. I just, I just it's sort of like the pacing. Is, I think is different from your standard formula uh, Hollywood or definitely your standard uh, horror movie pacing. You know, it reminds me of. Hammer, but also we're of Scorsese as well, especially Taxi Driver. Um, and it, it's similar to Taxi Driver, and it's you know same to New York and stuff. But it, uh, yeah, and I think pacing is something to do with that as well. Um, mm. 
You know, it's, it's not afraid to take its time uh, where it needs to, but it it does then like ramp up when it needs to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like at the time I felt like or when I was watching it anyway, I, I felt like parts were going slowly, and I think it was the build up to him finally assuming the character of uh, uh, Santa Claus. But I think when uh, it, in retrospect now, uh, thinking about the film afterwards. Um, I think it was, I don't know why I've changed my mind on it, I, I think I actually liked the way it went, I, I, I know that doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but that's somehow, that's how I feel about it now, like. Yeah, sometimes films are actually better the next day when you're thinking about them, going, actually, that was a good film. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the bit where he's put on the beard at last, and he's like tugging at it, and it won't come off, so it's like, oh my god, my beard won't come off, like, I am yeah. Santa, <laughs> it's me, it's mm. so shutting, it's me. <laughs> Yeah, and just starts laughing. <laughs> I I, I yeah. really do think it's a it's a good energetic performance. I, I think it is. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I looked him up a bit. Like, um, I don't think he's done anything particularly famous. I think he was uh, part of the original I, cast of Sesame Brandon. Street. Yeah, well, apparently yeah. he was in that, but he has a big musical background. I think he's been in a lot of musical numbers, so it probably explains his big booming voice and everything. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So they must have had to have had uh, like cursive writing as a requirement as well. I suppose they could have just got a yeah. a stunt double. <laughs> His writing was amazing. I have to say. Yeah. Um, did it remind you of the other great Christmas movie, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? <laughs> I've it's been so long since I've seen that. <laughs> I watch National Lampoon's at least once a year. I've n- uh, I've never really seen any of the National Lampoon's. Ah, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is the ultimate Christmas movie because mm. because there the similarities are are manifold and thus, uh, <laughs> but no, I won't, I won't go totally into it. But um, basically, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is about uh, how Christmases never go the same way that you remember them going, and never, you know, Clark Griswold is trying to uh, organize a perfect Christmas with all his all the family in his house for a change rather than one of their parents' houses and stuff, and he's got everybody around. And it's going to be the ultimate Christmas, and it's going to be just like it was when he was a kid. But obviously, things go wrong, and he starts to lose his mind because th- things are never, never go like, that way at Christmas. And you know, because nostalgia always rose tints and like is selective and stuff. But uh, he then uh, goes and like sort of uh, ends up sort of inadvertently kidnapping his boss and stuff like that. <laughs> this reminded me of it a little bit because <laughs> this is like. Harry's Perfect Christmas, or not Harry, but yeah, Harry. Yeah. Harry's Perfect Christmas is uh, is also never going to be the perfect Christmas that he wants it to mm. be. You know, it's that, that thing where you, uh, especially happens at Christmas. Christmas is just like the easy sort of like analogy for this that, you know, trans- translates very well to cinema. But uh, yeah, nostalgia. Nostalgia never really can be recovered. Uh, which is how you end up in a situation like Brexit and Donald Trump. <laughs> I, th- I think there's certain. I think there's pretty interesting themes in uh, Christmas Evil, especially with the idea of uh, Santa Claus himself and how if he was a, it's it's not something the parents actually want, but they're willing to participate in the idea of uh, Santa Claus. But when confronted with the reality of Santa Claus, it's terrifying. Mm. Yeah. I think um, yeah and like hence the kind of um in like you know northern Europe like Germany and Scandinavia and Holland I think you know they have the Krampus yeah which yeah. is like the kind of weird um beast thing that comes around and punishes uh, uh wicked children but even 
even Santa Claus, um, when you kind of when you write down on paper what he actually is, he's like an omnipotent old man who spies on kids all year round to check whether or not they're being good, and if they're good, he'll uh, give them presents, and if they're bad, he'll give them or he'll not give them presents or give them coal. And moreover, yeah. he he gives more presents to rich kids than to poor kids. So he's an absolute cock, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> uh, Such yeah, a bizarre but... thing. Okay. I know, like, we were actually talking about this. I was talking about this with Tamsin, and then we were talking about it in work. Um, went for a Friday lunchtime pint and in work, and we were talking about it. And it's like, it's this weird, like, mass deception that we all play mm. along with that, like, no, no one... Like, you don't get a crash course in, oh, by the way, uh, you're a parent now, so we have this thing called Santa Claus, right? And you have to pretend. <laughs> it's just like everyone grows up with the whole, oh, like, yeah. If, yeah. if the kid's basically 10 or younger, you assume that they believe in Santa Claus and you play along with it unless you hear otherwise. You know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. essentially it's the real. It's bigger than religion, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really well, I think, is. Yeah. I think Zizek's referenced it before in terms of various ideologies, like, whether it be capitalism, like we all think it's shit, but we all just go along with it anyway. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think yeah. what they said with Santa Claus, sometimes you get uh, when the kids stop believing in it, they they still get presents out of it, so they're still willing to believe in the lie, so they keep yeah. their parents. Uh, yeah. You know, so they're both participating in a lie. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely there's definitely an overlap because there's the whole thing. I, I mean, I don't know if this is part of the kind of classic traditional Christmas Santa legend, but it's certainly something that I was aware of when I was a kid. Was the notion that if you said you didn't believe in Santa Claus, he wouldn't give you presents. So there's that overlap. Whenever you're <laughs> you're kind of maybe eight or nine and you're old enough to kind of you, you kind of know a bit more about how the world works, and you kind of go, yeah. actually, this doesn't this doesn't fit in. This this is something not right here. Santa probably doesn't exist, but you don't want to say it to anyone. You don't want to say it to your friends, yeah. or you, especially not your mum and dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there's maybe like two or three years where you don't believe in Santa, but you're playing along with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> True. But like to think that Harry actually believes he is Santa. I think he does. I think I think it does creep into his mind a lot. Like. Yeah. Um. I don't, yeah. No, I would say so. Like. I think it like the point you. <laughs> Uh, referenced where he's putting his beard on for the the first time. Yeah, I, I actually, do, do you know what? I, and I, it actually didn't really occur to me, weirdly, that that might be a possibility. But um, actually, I think yeah, I think he does. And I think possibly the fact that he his dad is dressed up as Santa, he has turned around in his mind that his dad is Santa. So then, does he then feel like he has inherited the mantle of Santa from his dad? Maybe. Like Arthur Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never actually seen Good Arthur reference. Christmas. <laughs> it's uh, Arthur Christmas is okay. I've seen bits Good. and pieces of it. I, I, I generally don't really like the whole Pixar animation things. Whenever whenever I watch those things, I always feel really, really patronised because I... I hate the kids films. I, I hate films. <laughs> I you hate patronised when you watch Sesame Street. No, 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 because uh, Sesame Street's class. But I, I hate films that are that I that I'm aware that they are trying to make me feel all nice and warm inside. Like yeah. I, I really hate that. I, I almost resent that. Like whenever I watch Wallace and Gromit, I kind of go, yeah, this this is a good story and it's funny and everything. But a lot of the 
part of me is going, oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, Wallace and Gromit isn't that twee, though. I, I love Wallace and Gromit. Uh, yeah, that, no, I think that's unfair uh, on Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> Arthur Christmas is uh, is Ardman as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, it has it has a sort of Wallace and Gromit kind of kind of feel to it, yeah. in a way. How, how did you guys think Black Christmas compared to um, Christmas Evil? It's hard to compare them, like uh, just because they're both Christmas films, obviously. But um, like they're different films. Which do you think's better, though? Apart from that, uh, I think oh maybe Black Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Crazy P. Yeah, maybe Black Christmas. Um, I sort of like they're they're both kind of interesting because they're not like Christmas movies are generally kind of escapist and stuff but these aren't these are both quite gritty real and obviously they're gritty because they're horror movies but these are both kind of very quite realistic they seem to be based on like real events uh, I think we talked about it Black Christmas the serial killer that um, what do you call him uh, that was seemed to be the inspiration for this like kill little uh, sorority girls um, in real life uh, really charming guy Ted Bundy Ted Bundy yeah uh, so it did Ted Bundy I sort of got the impression this might have been it wasn't maybe based on Son of Sam, but it was kind of maybe inspired by that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, um, it Although, definitely felt more real. I mean, as, as you kind of said earlier on, Crazy Bean, like, there aren't really that many um, death scenes. In fact, I, I was watching um, this um, just this week with my um, my flatmate, um, and he, at one point, I think he kind of turned around and went, like, <clears throat> is, like is this actually a horror film? Because, yeah. like, I think doesn't really watch many horror films and if he does it's kind of like it'd be like modern horror films kind of like blockbustery stuff <clears throat> yeah so where, where you're, you're kind of like you're very aware that you're watching a horror film with demons and ghosts and scary children and creepy effects and stuff whereas in it yeah whenever you're kind of watching something like this you do kind of have to think like am I just kind of by default putting this and putting this in the kind of uh, horror bracket or is this actually a horror film I mean like there are well like two kind of deaths there's the one where he like he spears the guy's eye with the uh, soldier's lance in kind of quite yeah. gory detail yeah. to get that effect and then whenever he breaks into Frank's house and kills him by kind of suffocating him and then slitting his throat with the um, Christmas star um, yeah that's kind of ridiculous yeah I know like why would that happen <laughs> um, it, it's more of a kind of like psychological thriller at, at points I think really it kind of doesn't yeah. it's not and like especially the parts at which he, he is just being like a nice Santa Claus like whenever they he's peeking through the window and they, they, they invite him into the party and he ends up dancing and with all the kids and having a drink and wishing everyone yeah. Merry Christmas and then whenever he gives all the uh, presents to the um, the hospital for disabled kids because he finds out that the, the factory's campaign to give presents to the sick kids in the local hospital isn't actually genuine it's just a marketing ploy and that they're just sending some presents and that not every kid is guaranteed yeah. because they haven't bothered to find out how many kids there actually are and stuff like that and then so then he takes it upon himself to steal toys off this massive factory this massive toy making profit driving corporation and give it to disabled kids and at those at those points you're kind of like thinking this is quite a nice Christmas film it's almost like the fucking Dudley yeah. Dudley Moore Santa Claus film yeah, yeah. I love that movie <laughs> the Santa Claus no, Santa Claus is a movie. Uh, but I suppose it's hard to also uh, take away from what he had uh, done previously to that. Like, yeah. you know, how he's acted and stuff in terms of, like, creeping on kids and leaving weird uh, soil imprints of his face. <laughs> <and> his... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't it weird whenever it cuts to him down by the Brooklyn Bridge and he's just like he's got his parked his car over you know by the Hudson on the banks of the Hudson and he's just fucking digging digging mud and putting it into a massive sack yeah. till the yeah. outside yeah. Moscow sees uh, front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolute fucking. He really psycho. fucking hates Moss. He really Moss, hates Moss. Moss. You don't really see many examples of Moss not, you know, not being particularly likable. You know, he's not like. <laughs> He's not a he's, is he the he weekend who's like, cut like the, the penthouse? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I wish for a subscription to Penthouse Magazine. Was that the same scene uh, that in, in my head? Is it the one where he's like walking along with his shopping yeah. and all the kids are on the steps? Yeah, yeah That was really yeah. weird as well, go, though, like, where the wee girl curtsies and everything. Yeah, there's something almost sort of lynching about the whole thing as well. Like, um, about the sort of isolated character and the, the industrial kind of setting and stuff. There's, there's a wee bit of that. I think Eraserhead might have been like 78, was it? I'm not sure when Eraserhead was. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, like, not to a massive degree, but I, I sort of thought there was something a bit lynchish, lynchish about it. But uh, I'm going to look up Eraserhead anyway. It is certainly weird, but I think it's maybe just the kind of the way that adults treat children in general. But there is a thing where he is continuously focusing on the the little girl's appearance. You know, like mm. um, like with the yeah. boys, with the boys, he's solely concerned about their behavior. With with the little girl, it's like he's got a picture of her and she curtains yeah. and he comments about how beautiful she is. And it's just like, yeah, dude, stop being such a fucking yeah. Wanker. And- in his like, book of good boys and girls, he like his first uh, line about her is is just like is an absolute darling, yeah, or something like that. Do you think that we're looking at it from it uh, because of like the era that we're in, in in the sense that like during the nineties and there was that whole sort of paedophile scare, especially in the media. So like, because I think that's become a thing, hasn't it? Like where uh, yeah. even like uh, men are afraid to be seen around children now. Mm. for yeah. fear of being seen as a weirdo or a creeper or whatever or mm-hmm. if you look at that stuff retrospectively obviously not the binocular stuff but, yeah. but like uh, certain other aspects where he's just even talking to the kids on the doorstep yeah it appears creepy yeah. now but maybe he wouldn't have been yeah if kids talk to me from the doorstep I would get very nervous and probably like tell them to fuck themselves and run off or something because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah I don't want to like somebody would be like, "Why is that guy responding to those kids?" That's fucking him yeah. or something. Uh. <laughs> I watched a um, a thing on on YouTube. I, I found it's really really cool. It's um, whenever The Exorcist was released, uh, Linda Blair came to the UK to do like a mm. you know publicity tour basically, and um, so it's obviously like the the early seventies, and she's in London, and um, I think it's the BBC, and they're filming her, and they've got like the the voiceover kind of thing. Linda Blair is in London to promote her new film, the controversial, you know, and uh, but the yeah. the news reporter kind of on a fair few occasions refers to Linda Blair as being pretty or attractive or something like that. And mm. you fucking certainly wouldn't get that nowadays in a BBC report talking about a no. you know, a, a young tw- twelve year old female act- a- a- actor. You certainly wouldn't get a, a newscaster yeah. commenting yeah, on her weird. appearance and saying that she's yeah, pretty. I mean, like, there's a, I suppose as well that is. Uh, incredibly sexist as well, like so. But yeah, there's also there's a paedophile element to it as well. Yeah, I was listening to something. I was listening to Louis Theroux talk about this recently, but like, it wasn't on the, the Savile documentary, but it was on about Jimmy Savile on another podcast, and uh, he was 
they were sort of debating whether or not pedophilia seemed like a different thing in the 70s like with teenagers deemed like not really children so seems like, to be that way not, so yeah there's, there's that as well but whenever you're watching Christmas Evil you kind of think maybe this didn't seem as creepy as it fucking does now well yeah because I watched um, I actually watched Never Ending Story last night you know with the Falco with the big dog thing yeah, the flying dog or whatever. Um, his language is incredibly creepy and pedophile. Is it really? But I do, like that. Maybe wasn't something they were thinking about. Well, yeah, what's he I, I don't remember. Like, uh, at one point, like he kind of winks at him and goes, "I like children." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like after he says that, um, he, he gets him to come over and scratch him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Little child, come closer. <laughs> <laughs> Weirder in that he's not even human as well. <laughs> that is fucking weird. But Michael you just Henry. know that's like uh, in our heads. That's where our mind goes to. Like but immediately, yeah. It, yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't have that language anymore. I don't think in uh, kids' films. <clears throat> um, okay, well, um, I'm going to take a pee break. I think so. Yeah, me I've too. Got, um, yeah, too. I've got a few clips tonight, actually. So I've got a clip of Harry telling his co-workers about the value of good toys. I've got a clip yeah. of uh, Phil kind of going mental at Harry at the very end of the film, you know, and strangling him. Like, what have you done? And I've got a clip of Harry uh, kind of trying to ask the new, the new big shot at the company whether or not you know enough. Um, Enough toys are supplied for all the for all the kids in the hospital. So, what's your choice, lads? Let's go with that one because we were talking about that one most recently. What him talking about the kids in the hospital? Toys, yeah. Go. Harry, the kid wants to make a splash. He wants to study all the theories of how to run the factory. Now, I think a pure theory is getting back to basics. That film over there. It's not specific about how many toys the companies donate. You are that's right, boy. Here. <laughs> That campaign is his first contribution to the company. Are there enough toys for all the children in the hospital? I don't have the slightest idea how many children are in that hospital, Harry. I worked on campaign presentation. But I'll tell you something, the idea of mine is really solid. The factory can't always shoulder the whole burden. You mean you're waiting for these guys to contribute? You're on the other side of the desk now. you got to understand good business. It's okay, Harry. Really, the factory comes out okay, and so do those kids you're so worried about. You're worse than he is. He doesn't even know why a tune has to be played. You actually know how to play. And look what you're doing with it. So, uh, fucking uh, corporate greedy bastards. <laughs> Cal Surprise. Money, money, money. Deep. Hair gel and, and just, yeah, bags of, of cash. Do you Ooh. think that there's enough enough in the film that we could kind of flatter it? by attributing to it some sort of political or social subtext in terms of being anti-capitalist or... I reckon it is, yeah. 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 Do you think it <laughs> does? It's one of those fairly obvious ones, though. It's not too in-depth. Yeah. Like if, uh... Uh, it's, it's taken, like, the spirit of the most commercial thing of the year, like, time of the year. The most, like, basically the fucking crown and the capitalist, you know, or the jewel and the capitalist crown is Christmas. Yeah. So it is mm. it's like taking that and using it to subvert the capitalist message in a way if you really want to be pretentious about it. But yeah. but, but even um, even that in itself isn't really anything new. I mean, it, it's a wonderful life. Did that a lot more. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, with a lot more. Yeah. I mean, fucking James Stewart for Christ's sakes. 
Um, it's weird. There's a, there's a bit where like the police officer when they're doing the lineups, well, it's not this. Um, give the rundown about like New York's influence on Christmas, and uh, you know, talk about Washington Irving, Clement Moore's Night Before Christmas, and and stuff, uh, stuff, and it sort of gives the history of how like that the legend was shaped. So, I guess guess it's sort of like sort of like telling you about the legend and it like showing that it's like a cultural thing rather than the commercial thing or something. You could read it that way, but mm-hmm. and then it's facing off against the commercial aspect. But I, I don't know. Um, I think it does <laughs> certainly attempt to go there, and it, and it and it does kind of show the, um, for example, the toys that they make in the factory to be flimsy and kind of easily breakable. Yeah, because yeah, he laughs at one stage, doesn't he, when he discovers the toys? Yeah, yeah. There's like a there's a plane that like just comes apart in his hand. Yeah. Well, I was uh, well, I was thinking there was a bit when he breaks into is the I can't remember the guy's name, the guy who's shifty covered. Is that Frank? Kills yeah, the yeah. star because I I find that about this whole thing a bit bizarre as well, where he starts uh, pulling a pulling open the other Christmas presents. With one of them, he finds like toys from the factory and like they're missing heads. Yeah, kind of thing. Like right. it's supposed to be shoddy workmanship, kind of thing. So I, I think that's just another reference to the the crappy nature of the don't care as long as they sell them. Which yeah. which also happens in that uh, the uh, Dudley Moore film, doesn't it? Like I think uh, that there's a few scenes where kids are getting stuff for Christmas and it's all falling apart because obviously yeah. it's like the kind of evil corporations kind of taking over and things like that. Yeah, he um, tried to. Um, well, yeah, yeah, basically tried to just like streamline it all, like go Henry Ford and all. And yeah, and it just ends up being all my wrong, being shit. Yeah. But I mean, like I have to say, you know, it's not as if like I think the uh, like Harry's presents have a lot more care and attention and workmanship in them, but they're not necessarily better because. At least the, the at least the toys that the factory produces have moving parts, like one of those gumball machines. Like they were cool. <laughs> yeah. Like when you were a yeah. kid, or like you know, like a digger that with like a the back loader thing that actually moves, or like the plane with propellers that actually spin, rather than just like a static, you know, fucking toy soldier that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. It's really funny whenever like he's <clears throat> whenever like he's Santa Claus and he's like, he is actually going into the houses and stuff. He he doesn't really make that much that much of a an effort to be quiet like the first few no. houses he goes into he's just like chucking stuff around and like even the presents yeah. that, he's, that he's given them he's just like chucking them into the tree and stuff like that do you guys understand why he got that you know the, the, at one uh, point he's filmed with a big knife and that's supposed to give you some sort of dread as to what's going to happen oh, next. Yeah. but then he yeah, just he uses it to open presents with yeah, yeah good point actually, it's like yeah. why is he opening these other presents I don't know okay, I guess yeah. Maybe just because he thinks, oh, you know, like these these presents are shit. Like I'm I'm the real Santa Claus. I uh, you know like I I deliver the proper presents. Was he? I th- yeah, I wasn't sure if he was trying to destroy them with a knife or something. But then, why not use a knife to kill Frank <laughs> instead of using that yeah. fucking like ornament? Isn't it funny yeah. the way like the uh, like he manages to still keep the kids happy even though he's creeping in and murdering their, fa- their father? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's actually a really, really good shot after he's killed uh, Frank and, and Frank's wife's gone mental. He runs down the hallway, he takes one last look at the kids, and then there's just a static shot of the front door of that property looking from the inwards outwards, and you see Harry mm-hmm. bursting through it, and the door sl- slams open, and then the door slowly starts closing, and it's all one shot, and before the door has closed, Harry has 
raked it down the steps, got into his van, done a U-turn and sped away just as the door was closing. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's all one yeah, shot. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, like when, uh, yeah, when you were saying there, uh, but like the kids are still happy even though he's killed their dad. Uh, there's also like the, the, the wee girl, um, the wee girl who steals a knife from her dad and gives it to uh, yeah. gives it to Harry. And I wonder, is it like, is there, are they trying to say something about like, uh, like Santa meaning more to kids than their parents mm. is that like uh, one of the things like one of the evils about Christmas or something well I mean that that particular man is obviously a dick he's got no respect for his wife he's got no respect for his children the guy carries a fucking flick knife um, so I would imagine <laughs> yeah. that's probably not a happy home so the, the prospect of this this wonderful man who's jolly and laughs and comes gives him presents I think the kids would obviously go for that wouldn't they no no <laughs> daddy I won't I won't <laughs> give me the knife imagine having to say that to your daughter give me my flick knife back give me my flick knife back <laughs> crazy P if you ever find yourself saying to Arlo in, in like a year or two Arlo give me my flick knife back <laughs> I, think, I think you're going to need to kind of re, re- rethink I'm, what you're doing with your life I'm have you already start, said this yeah I'm going to start putting my flick knives like really high up because he's uh, <laughs> keeps getting them but but you know you you always want them to be there when you need them you know when you mm-hmm. want to like you know pick your teeth in front of a, a like a rival gang member or yeah you know, stab like someone a, dressed as Santa Claus yeah hold up a guy in like you know in, in brogues and like a suede jacket and stuff you know you I know. like the sort of slowly cutting my chest in front of people that, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. intimidate them and and like if, if when I like, every now and then find myself in, in school you know, like stabbing in between your fingers really fast yeah. <laughs> like bishop and aliens yeah it um you can't really do that with a kitchen knife you know you just need a flip knife classic goof in uh, Christmas Evil is towards the end whenever Phil's chasing Harry in, in this van yeah yeah was this the snow yeah. fantastic yeah I watched yeah. it with a couple of other people and everybody went here in case anyone didn't notice or wasn't paying attention when they watched it um, <clears throat> Harry's brother chases after him just as he's driving over the edge into the river or flying off depending on how you uh, interpret the ending and Phil falls down like a snowy bank but obviously when they filmed it there wasn't snow so this it's like he's just crashing into like loads of fur rugs that he put on the ground made it look like snow <laughs> but they kind of ruffle and like fall with him I wonder like how many times they like tried to reshoot that before eventually going fuck's sake it's just gonna do it yeah anyway. fuck this <laughs> yeah. which actually brings us on nicely to the end um well, like, what do you guys think? Does he does he speed away? Does he fly fly off into the night, or does he actually just crash? I think he definitely flies off into the night and eventually reaches the moon, where he lived <laughs> happily ever after. Okay, crazy yeah. pain. I'm visited by Wallace and Gromit. Now you see, <laughs> I've read quite a lot of people online saying you can hear. Even as he is kind of flying off the bridge, you can hear um, the sound of a van crashing and yeah. into the river, and it, it makes sense. But whenever it cuts to to Phil, Harry's brother, he he's looking up, he's looking upwards in the air. Yeah, he is looking as if something is in the air, and he's looking at it. He's, he's not looking at the he's not looking downwards at the river. So, I sure. I reckon he he does crash through the barriers and become Santa Claus and fly off into the night. A nice wee bit of magic realism, yeah. Yeah, he could yeah. do. Um, I actually really like the way it ended. Like, I don't yeah. like. I don't think anybody would uh, would have expected it. Like, uh, have, have you guys seen Birdman? 
No. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really, good. really good film. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I sort of wasn't expecting that ending at all. Yeah, I actually, I love Birdman because have you ever read the short stories based on the uh, Raymond Carver short story? No. So we talk about, we talk about love it. It's amazing, but it's there's nothing there's nothing more far removed from Raymond Carver like dirty realism as the sort of weird surreal magic realism of uh, Birdman and it's just it shouldn't work but it's a fucking beautiful blend like Carver's famous for being like just completely completely realist and this is a complete U-turn on it Uh, yeah I love it yeah it's brilliant it uh, it, it does yeah does something well I think what we'll maybe do now is listen to another clip and then come back and do our final reviews so, so yeah, we've cool. got um, Phil confront, <laughs> confronting and strangling Harry, or we've got Harry at the start of the film talking about the value of toys. The, con- the confrontation. Cool. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I knew it was you. I failed. You were right, Phil. I'm a failure. What have you done? How many people have you killed? Everyone's rejected my two. I don't understand. I know it's right. Oh, God damn you! God damn you! No, Dave! Don't hurt Uncle Harry! Get them upstairs. What are you going to do? No questions! Please, just get them upstairs! Wrecked all our lives. I wanted to give people what they wanted, what they said they wanted. But they don't want Santa Claus. I don't understand. They don't want me. You're insane. Do you understand that? You're sick. It was you, Phil. The first time it was you that didn't want Santa Claus. I wanted all my life to prove to you that you were wrong. Me? You're blaming me? I was six years old. You never did believe in me. You're one of them. You're one of those people out there. You don't believe in anything. All children love me. I was six years old. You are blaming me for all the horrible things you've done because of something I said when I was six years old. It's quite funny, actually. Um, in the um, <clears throat> the uh, Arrow release... Uh, John Waters um, is a fan of the film, and they've got an excerpt from a book that he wrote about about cinema. Yeah, and uh, one of the excerpts he talks about how much he loves um, Christmas Evil. But it's it's quite interesting actually because um, when you read it, you realise that he actually gets quite a lot of stuff wrong about the plot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. <clears throat> so he says um, it's about a man completely consumed by Christmas. His neurosis first rears its ugly head as he applies shaving cream to his face, looks in the mirror, hallucinates a white beard, and begins to imagine that he is Santa Claus. That's not what I got from that scene at all. You don't know if he's hallucinating, I suppose. He's sort of like, he's got the white beard there. He, well, he is shaving, so you don't really think. I suppose, yeah, you don't I really just, think. I, I don't think that that's when his neurosis first rears its <laughs> ugly head. I think he's already... Yeah. Anyway. Is there, is there a part in that... No, sorry, go on anyway. Just wondering. you. Um, he says he he gets a job in a toy factory. He doesn't get a job in a toy factory. He's just recently got a promotion, so he's obviously been there for a few years. Oh, that's a bit pedantic, though, is it not? Okay, uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> he he starts cross dressing as claws and lurks around people's roofs, ready to take the plunge. Hmm. Um, that doesn't happen. 
and then he, says, he does look like a roof, I suppose. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't do that dressed as Santa Claus, and he does that very, very uh, early on in the film. Uh, yeah, well, he, he does try to get down a chimney dressed as Claus. Uh, yeah, so he says. Uh, finally, he actually gets stuck in a nearby chimney and awakens the family oh. in his struggle. Uh, this doesn't happen. Mm, no, no, that doesn't happen. No. Mom and Dad go insane when they find a fat lunatic in their fireplace. That doesn't happen. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think that yeah. <laughs> no. He can't fit down the chimney, so he just opens the front door, and then they don't discover him. He murders them in their yeah. sleep, or he murders the dad yeah. in his sleep. Uh, Santa has no choice but to kill these Scrooge-like parents with their razor-sharp star. He only kills one parent, yeah. As he flees a neighbourhood lynch mob, the children come to his rescue. But the children come to his rescue before the lynch mob, because it's the, yeah, uh, yeah. Finally pushed to the limits of Clausmania, he leaps into his van sleigh and takes it off, flying over the moon as he psychotically inhabits shrieks "O dancer, O prancer, O donner and vixen." But he he says "O prancer, dancer, and donner and vixen" earlier on in the film. He doesn't yeah. say he doesn't say it at that point. <laughs> Looks like John Waters maybe he watched just like twenty five years ago. Yeah, and then he says, "Is uh, John Waters as full as shit?" Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, uh, I, <laughs> I I wish I had kids. I'd make them watch it every year, and if they didn't like it, they'd be punished. <laughs> um, he wrote that in, John Waters wrote that in 1988, and this is uh, re, re-read right, out okay. from the uh, Arrow, Arrow um, liner notes in the um, Arrow videos, video release of uh, Christmas Evil. But um, I suppose in 1988... Um, if it wasn't on video, then he had to rely on his probably one and only time seeing yeah, it probably actually, eight, yeah, yeah. eight years previous in the cinema, <laughs> yeah, and that's true. all he could remember. You know, Whereas yeah. now we can buy the DVD have it delivered to our front door within two days. Yeah. It's also um, like John Waters has a, like an extraordinary imagination, so you can yeah. see where, where the rest of it came from. Like. It's the power of cinema, I guess. Um, okay, well, should we, should we do our final, final scores? So if if you um, are new to us, you're 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 not new to us because uh, uh, no one ever is. One is, but uh, <laughs> if you are new to this, uh, we score everything out of seventeen, and whatever score you give it, you have that many seconds to um, you know give a review of the film. So it being Christmas, we're going to reduce it to twelve for the twelve days of Christmas, and you'll have that many days to uh, give a <laughs> review. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, uh, D, <laughs> what's your score out of twelve? Uh, well, uh, seven and a half, maybe. Okay, I've got uh, a stopwatch, so I'm ready to go. You ready to go, D? Okay. Yeah. Okay, three, two, one, go. Well, it all started a long time ago when I was born. I, I mean, uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was good fun. Uh, a long, nice. Uh, Good, Done. Good, the person descended the badness. You might get a little bit of autobiography in there as well. It's definitely half seconds. Crazy. Well, I was lied to. I thought I had days. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what about you? Um, okay, I'll go. Um, out of twelve, uh, I will give it nine. Uh, well, I've got my stopwatch, so nine seconds starting now. Yeah, I I love this film. It's my second favorite uh, Christmas film. I think it's tense. I think uh, Brandon Margaret has brilliant performance. Uh, I like actually like the music, which we didn't discuss. Um, and yeah, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a really really good film. Kizzy <laughs> P. I think 
because he's frozen or ah, he's doing Paul's the mannequin frozen. challenge. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I I forgot to mention the music actually. Yeah, that was yeah. one part of it I really oh. enjoyed. Hello. Yep. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you froze. Yeah. Sorry, you guys froze as well. Um, okay. No worries. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's the our music fault. actually. Uh, sorry, yeah, you were saying the music. I think we should talk about the music briefly before yeah. I give my final. It was a really, really interesting soundtrack, actually. Like uh, a lot of the incidental music was great, mm. uh, especially yeah. the some of the synth uh, kind of sounds they were getting were really, really kind of jarring, but it, like in a good way. I mean, like uh, mm. like they really stood out, but it, it it kind of lent to the the haunting nature of his madness, I guess sometimes. And isn't there a bit whenever he like, like like he stabs the guy in the eye and it's like wee 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 yeah it's like you know mental classic sort of Hitchcock yeah like classic classic yeah. American I mean I suppose yeah like that what springs to mind is Psycho but like that kind of um, mental score was I think it re- it really was used in those kind of forty forty second street kind of um, grindhouse uh, American exploitation films really mm-hmm. think, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've really noticed this in other Christmas movies, and maybe I'm just being, uh, I just haven't really been, uh, been paying attention. But uh, they used, well, it was all the it was all the Spectre stuff. Um, they had like like three or four Spectre songs, like the you know Christmas gift to you songs, which you know you hear everywhere. So like <clears throat> probably the licensing for that particular album isn't maybe it's, it's not that expensive or something maybe that's why it is so prolific and maybe that's why we associate it with Christmas but and it's, it's not unusual to hear the Christmas but I thought it was strange that you hear something so massive in this movie that seems quite low budget um, mm. It, uh, I mean they're the, the biggest Christmas songs there are and I assume in 1980 they probably would have been as well I mean like Spectre was it wasn't at the height of it he was incredibly famous in the 80s anyway at least like, um, like he obviously peaked in mid 60s but um, I mean he was producing Ramones around the same time as this you know so. yeah and uh, John Lennon yeah yeah exactly yeah um, which yeah I thought was strange but maybe maybe there is something about like that the Christmas spectrum music and maybe that is why you hear it everywhere maybe it's just like maybe there is some weird thing and that's why yeah maybe it doesn't cost that much yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the actual incidental music was kind of typically kind of garagey and trashy and synthy yeah, and low yeah. budget and yeah it was good liked it so yeah, yeah back you, to back you, to scores you did yours Chrissy P so out of 12 yeah I'm gonna go you know I might uh, I might just go seven and a half as well I think I think uh, okay. D sort of hit it on the, the money with with that as well so ready yeah yeah go for it three two one go okay so yeah I, I thought it was, it was a very well thought out and produced film on a low, same low budget but it uh, I enjoyed Done. it <laughs> but I enjoyed it <laughs> so you'll never know what that was going to be can I just point out one thing I meant to point out as well Christmas Evil I didn't get for a long time that it was actually a pun on Christmas Eve uh, because <laughs> it is a very obvious pun but it's a really shit pun yeah, <laughs> so, it's, it's no, I only realised that earlier actually. it's terrible doesn't, doesn't do like, oh, yeah. just <laughs> In the um, Anthropophagus episode, we were talking about the uh, semi-sequel Absurd, which stars uh, Edward Edward Purdom, which, who was an English actor who appeared in quite a few um, low-budget shit uh, European horror films. And yeah. I mentioned that he had directed and starred in a Christmas horror film, and I couldn't remember what it was called. And I remember the other day, it's called um, Dude Up Until Christmas. So if anyone's 
interested yeah, okay. in pursuing shit uh, Christmas horror films any further, yeah. watch Ed- Edward Purdom's uh, Don't Know Me Christmas. It is fucking shit. <laughs> it's so... yeah, I think you've, uh, you've probably helped a lot of listeners there that were you know, <laughs> yeah, trying it's... to figure that out like while listening to that episode. It's so uh... badly done. It's it's about a guy who who kills people dressed as Santa Claus. So it's kind of the it's kind of the other way around. The opposite, right? Okay, yeah. He's <laughs> but, like, I've got a I've got an idea about to turn this Christmas uh, Santa evil Santa movie genre on its head. The studio has gone like, oh yeah, I like I like the way this guy thinks because <laughs> yeah, he's fucking high. So, this film should be called Slay Bells. S L A Y. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that must have been a title. You would think. Yeah, it probably has been. Yeah. There must be someone out there that's. Uh... Yeah. Well, actually, I, I actually I think there's one called Santa Slayer. Santa, Santa Slay. S L A Y. I think. Yeah, there is. Because yeah. we rented it years. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we watched it, but we rented it years ago, and we had it. Like you know, when Netflix used to like send you movies. Hmm. Like, yeah. Movies? <laughs> yeah. We got it off Netflix, and uh, or it was Love Film, or one of those, and we had it for like three years. I never watched it. Brilliant. Or we didn't watch it, we forgotten. <laughs> um, you better watch out. It's actually a far better title for Christmas Evil, and it makes more sense because there are mm. a few references to the song. You better watch out, and that's what it's about. It's yeah. it's it is Santa Claus. Yeah. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. That that's what it's about. I suppose it's yeah. maybe one of the titles though that uh, gets your interest. Yeah, rather yeah. Than, I'm at Christmas Evil. I mean, rather than like you, you better yeah. watch out would have been a better, more applicable title. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but on that note, I guess it's just time to say thanks for listening um, to anyone who is. Um, in case it hasn't noticed, now, I'm I'm a bit drunk. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll see you guys when I come back to Belfast. And for everyone else watching, um, watching, ah, oh, God, I'm so drunk, it's ridiculous. Okay, so for anyone else listening, um, yeah, thanks for listening and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out.